we don't need a pandemic to tell us to slow the fuck down. Like, is this what, is this what the, it takes for us to actually like evaluate our lives and get rid of things that are irrelevant, stop fucking overbooking our social calendars and just take a break and just give ourselves permission. Do we need a crisis, a global crisis for us to be forced inward? I don't think so. So I think this is an opportunity for us to actually look at the parts of our life that we are relieved are not happening at the moment and maybe start to think about how we can make some, make those adjustments a little more permanent. You know, are we, are we going to allow ourselves to have a tech free day once a week without it needing to be another thing on the fucking to-do list? Are we going to maybe drop some activities with our kids so that we can just like let them spend time at home and occupy themselves and... gives you two choices when it throws everything at you. You can let it swallow you whole or you take those lemons. And as the old saying goes, you turn it into sweet, delicious lemonade. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. Welcome to Lemonade. I'm your host, Elizabeth O'Neill, and I'll be sharing the incredible stories from inspiring people who've turned the hardest times in their life, their lemons into lemonade. Because let's be real, we all want to know how they did it, the lessons they learnt, and what life is like sipping the cello on the other side. Let's get juicing. Monique Barry, how the bloody hell are you? I am good. We're two weeks deep into isolation here, and we actually still have three and a half weeks left to go of complete lockdown in New Zealand. So it's very interesting times. Are you feeling a little bit insane? I definitely had moments. I've definitely had moments. And I'm in You've isolation. become full Martha Stewart like <laughs> five though. So you seem to be lapping it up. You're fine. Oh, <laughs> I'm fine. I'll be fine. I honestly wish I'd watched more Doomsday Prepper live videos, maybe taken some notes during Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like I feel like this is kind of an introvert dream. I keep saying antisocial dream. <laughs> Yeah, you're stoked about it, apart from the fact that you said that you can't get food very often because you live how long away from a supermarket? It's like an hour away. And then also we are actually in um, isolation within quarantine because my baby daddy just got back from New Caledonia. So there's a four week, two weeks, sorry. Oh, God. Yeah, thanks. So we have to either try and get somebody to get food for us and then get them to leave the house and then go pick it up. So it's just a pain. Oh, my gosh. You're full ISO vibe then. Full ISO vibes. Bloody oh. Rona. Yeah, wow. I can only relate in the sense <clears throat> that I've mentioned on the potty before is that we spent, my son and I spent two weeks in isolation because I feel weird calling him my baby daddy. It's really affectionate <laughs> when you do it, but I just <laughs> I feel like you yeah, it's sweet when you do it, but it's weird when I do it. <laughs> my father's, my my son's father, LeBron. Um, yeah, LeBron. Uh, my son's father actually got the coronavirus, which is was 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 um interesting, mm. and he was fine. But it meant we had to spend two weeks in isolation, and I freaking loved it. Although I must say, as you know, it was kind of at the beginning of it all, so it was a little bit of a novelty. And now, as time's going on, and that's just becoming the way of life to be in ISO. It's becoming yeah. a little bit of a drag. But anyway, um, you know, we get through it. We do it. 
It's just the things that you got to do. It's just so interesting how differently New Zealand and Australia. That's really, yes. Yeah. yeah I, I do. I did mean to send you an article about that. You guys are full lockdown, but we're, we're allowed. Ours is very gradual and slow. Yeah. Um, but I do want to say what coronavirus also fucked up was us meeting. <laughs> I know. Okay. So we still haven't met. It's so funny because the last podcast that we were talking about, we're like, if there's some crazy weird excuse, <laughs> like, oh, I can't, I can't meet you. I'm in quarantine. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so when Monique came to- Did we manifest this? Well, you were coming. Yes, I think so. You were coming to Melbourne and then I got placed into quarantine like the week before. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, she's absolutely going to think I'm catfishing her now. Like yeah. no, it was a stage where no one was doing that yet. So she's like, there's no way you're going to believe that I'm a real person. If I, I tell you, you can't come and see us when you're in Melbourne because yeah. we're in quarantine. And that trip was honestly just doomed because then after you said that you can't stay with me anymore because we're in quarantine <laughs> and I, I'm not real. Um, then my Airbnb got cancelled and then my flights got shifted and then just, and then basically the whole world, you know, imploded. imploded so, so I kind, you know, there is a very strong chance still that one of us is catfishing the other. <laughs> we have not put that theory to bed yet. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I guess watch your space. But there, I guess the good thing is that you are back. So it means that we didn't, you know, we weren't able to hang out and realize maybe that we hated each other or anything. Yes. So, so our friendship lives on for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which is awesome news. Definitely a silver lining in this whole ordeal is yeah. that, you know, you know, we can continue catfishing one another. Yay. Anyway, I feel like there's nothing else that we can talk about. There's nothing else the world is talking about right now, but all things coronavirus. Corona. <clears throat> isolation I know. things about the world imploding and I get that that would be it gets pretty tiring and it's important for us to switch off but it is also the most extraordinary turn of events so you almost can't blame people for just you know wanting to talk about that because it is just so unprecedented I just find it so interesting like I just find this whole experience just such a curiosity it is not in a good way, not in a bad way. I just find it extremely interesting just seeing, it's almost like I'm a bystander watching <clears throat> watching a football game or something like that. And I'm watching all of these players running around and all of these moving pieces. And I'm just like watching it with my popcorn on the side, just wondering what's going to happen like next. That I imagine because you are you know, live in the regional rural life. So you almost feel isolated and out of it anyway. Would yeah. that be fair to say? Like, you're not, you know, as you said, a supermarket's an hour away. So your life is kind of very, I don't know, like. Isolated? isolated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, when all this first happened, we were in Auckland in the city. Right. Okay. And the energy down there was just super hectic. And so yeah. I made a call to go home because it was just, I'm quite, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I'm often shaken by energy outside of me. I feel I'm quite usually quite stable. Yeah, I agree. But I felt very um I just felt very shaken. I just felt very anxious and it wasn't mine. It was just I was like feeling the energy of the collective and I was just like I just need to get out of there. I need to get home and where I live, although I hate 
living as isolated as I had. And I had never intended to live here as long as I have. But um, this place, this piece of land that I live on is just so grounding and so Mm -hmm. nourishing. And the minute I got home, I was just just felt Felt so much. Yeah, I just felt much smoother, much calmer, less rough. Yeah, it's very eerie in the city. I'm in Melbourne and, mm-hmm. oh, I, you know, I haven't even gone into the actual CBD. I can imagine that's pretty spooky, but yeah. um, I have to, I still, I'm considering an essential worker at my job being in broadcast. So I still have to go into the office and it's the eerie that the roads are all, you know, completely deserted. And, and what is interesting as well, it's like from the moment you leave your house, I feel like there's reminders all all along the way, like of what's going on, just like little things, even things on the radio or you're driving past Mm -hmm. people's masks and then you getting a park right outside of the building, which never happens. And then you're going up and the, 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 where I'm working, the staff numbers are being reduced more and more and more in a sense, more are being sent to work at home and things like that. And so by the time you sit at your desk, I feel very anxious because it's just it's not been one thing it's just been all these kind of little things that just um but also like the the collective energy is feeling that way as well so mm. there's a sense of not just your own stuff and not just and that's why I think it's just so important to be really intentional and conscious about the kind of information that we allow in like I don't watch tv I'm very cautious about the channels if like I don't even really feel like I need to know too much about it but I tune in intentionally to you know various things so that I can at least stay informed and updated about what's kind of going on yeah which I think is important to do I think it's important for us all to be conscious and updated but Mm. there's definitely been times for me I get quite addicted to that 24 hours news cycle I think because it's what I know and then I had I realized I have to turn this off it was just starting to feel so you know some I won't turn it on back on again until night just to see what's happening and if there's nothing new it just goes back off again and that made huge difference to me and my mental health and to that feeling of fear and anxiety and uncertainty Mm, I I think that's the you just literally summed it up it's the it's the fear of uncertainty it's the unknown Mm -hmm. that's I think that's the thing that plays on people's minds the most you know how long is this going to last how is this going to affect me you know what does this mean for my family my loved ones you know my business my whatever, whatever, whatever. And so many people are going through so many different layers Mm. of things right now. So many different like experiences is really like highlighting our multidimensionality. You know, um, people have loved ones in hospital like me, my dad's in hospital right now. And it's just horrific because he's alone. He's not allowed any visitors. Jeez. So it's just, you know, it's just really hard and scary. People losing loved ones and not being able to say goodbye. People not sure if they've got jobs to go back to. Jobs. And there's no answer though. That's what exactly the I uncertainty. Think, you know, there's we don't know how long anything is going to last for. We don't know when jobs will be coming back. We don't yeah. know when, yeah, when anything will be lifted because no one does. So yeah. I think, but that highlighted to me, and I think we have discussed this as well, is that it just, it should just show to all of us that certainty or thinking that we have certainty in our lives is all just an illusion anyway. We all don't have that anyway. Not at all. And I find like for myself, I mean, there's 
there's so many things, there's so many beautiful things that this experience is really showing me or being made very clear to me. But one of the biggest things is that the only place that you can find you know, stability is through a strong internal spiritual foundation, like through the stability of the self. It's just showing people that fulfillment isn't found out there in the world. Absolutely, Fulfillment yeah. and happiness is found inside. It's breaking down that reliance on the external. Mm -hmm. I said to someone the other day, I said, the thing is, who cares what car you drive when you can't even drive your car to go anywhere right now? <laughs> you know, know what I mean? It is just breaking down all the things that we were valuing and all the things that we thought were important and making us refocus on what actually is important. And for me, and I, I you know, I, I know other people are in the same boat. It is reconnecting with family in the sense of reconnect. I feel very much more like I've reconnected with my son. Not that we were ever disconnected, but I know was, exactly what you mean because I was busy. I, I was always yeah. like, I'm too tired. I'm too busy. I'm too this. And now I feel a lot closer to him. It's reconnecting with a sense of as you said, spiritual practice, it's, um, you know, realizing how important our health is not because of what's going on, but also all the things that we should be doing anyway to be taking care of ourselves. Like you said, cooking more in the kitchen. You know, you said that earlier before we were recording that you're cooking yeah. every freaking meal. That's kind of what we should be doing anyway and experimenting with new flavors and moving our body in really conscious ways because we have to. We don't have, you know, oh, I'll go to the gym later. I'll do that another time. And it's like, no, I'm going to really make a point to do that because that's going to make me feel good. We're like reconnecting those links to what makes us feel good. It just meant that, you know, we had to use everything in the process mm. to realize that, I suppose. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, what's essential <laughs> is really, you know, the key word there. Oh my God, that's a bloody oh loud God, motorbike. I can't even deal. There's these fucking motorbikes that go past <laughs> and they make those noises and it just, anyway, sorry listeners. <laughs> I can't tell you how much it makes me angry. Anyway. Um, Maybe I'm, I'm becoming an old lady. I feel like <laughs> I, feel I was like, just like, oh, bloody noise. I'm like shaking my fist at the bell on the balcony. Anyway, as you were saying, my apologies. Yeah, I forgot anyway, but it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> it'll come back to me. It'll come back around. But, um, oh, yeah, essential. You know, what is essential in our life? And it's highlighting, uh, for me, I can just speak from my point of view because for me it's hiding, highlighting a lot of excess. So when I'm talking mm. about cooking, for example, I didn't realize how much fucking food I wasted like yeah, wow. at the end of the week and the groceries and just like, oh, I'm just going to fucking buy this because I can and then I need yeah. to use it and I chuck it out at the end of the week. My fridge is empty at the end of every single week. We're using every single little bit. We're not buying anything that's – we're just buying enough, this concept of just enoughness. We're just yeah. buying enough what we Which need. Which is really interesting in, when you consider that with the parallel of people – Toy, buying all the toilet paper and buying yeah, out all the shelves. That's fear. That's stress. Mm. That's, that's, you know, stress makes us think and do things in irrational ways, you know. Um, and there's the first lot of people who are freaking out. I don't know what, anyway, anyone, everyone's talked about this toilet paper thing, but mm. there's the first wave of people that are freaking out about, I don't know, and then they buy, buy toilet people. And then there's the second wave of people that are worried about the first waves taking yeah. the paper. So then they bulk, bulk by the people and it's just bulk a by the people. Yeah. It's just <laughs> <laughs> bulk by the paper. 
<laughs> it's a new thing, but it's just like different layers of, it's just showing to me like there's one layer of the extreme stress, the extreme reactiveness, the extreme irrationality with decision-making. And then the second layer, not so, you know, just a little bit more subtle, but still, you know, evident. And then there's kind of the third layer, which is like, everything's going to be okay. I trust that there's going to be enough toilet paper so true whatever it is um and if it's not well i'm adaptable and i'm resilient and so i'll I'll have a shower if it's really that bad exactly (laughs) freaking eat toilet paper guys like no i what i also find really interesting in all this and i'm not sure if you've seen it but i know within myself and i've seen it with other people is how much it's activating all these old stories that we Mm. might've told ourselves or all these unhealed aspects of ourselves that perhaps that we thought we were over, but are actually still lingering and we're waiting for something to bring it to the surface. Um, And I know for me, I've really been feeling really, really lonely and alone. And I thought I'd mastered that. You know, we've spoken about it on this before that I'm so much better. You know, I can sit on my couch and I'm fine and I don't need someone. And when someone will come along when they're meant to come along and I'm totally fine. And, and I really did believe that. Um, it's not that I, you know, I was lying when I said that, but now this is when, you know, every night I'm feeling fearful. I just feel scared and it's highlighting, Oh my God, wait, there's no one here to make me feel safe and make me feel better bringing up these old unhealed stories that I need to be protected and I need Mm. to be kept safe and I need the saviour to come along and make everything better for me because I can't do it myself evidently, which is just, which isn't true, but it is these old kind of things that, um, you know, that I, that I tell myself and it, and it manifested in really unhealthy ways in the sense of, you know, messaging you being like, I feel like doing this. I feel real. I feel like I never drink during the week. I just want to open a bottle of wine, even though we've had a, had a whole <laughs> podcast conversation about that. Like the fact that, you know, I, and I even said, I never feel like doing that during yeah. the week, but it was like, I just felt. And also in the sense that I then found myself also kind of latching to my ex-fiance for him to kind of look after my son and I, even though I know that that is completely unreliable and unrealistic. And to be honest, if we spend two weeks together in isolation, it would drive me absolutely insane. But you, you know, you kind of just latching, searching for something external to make you feel better, but all the external things that usually are there are, are gone. Yeah. I mean, if you were to, let's just go back, let's just circle back to like what you said at the beginning and saying like, I thought I'd mastered this. The point of life, there's no such thing as mastery. And I know people like always talking about emotional mastery and that, that to me, this is just like my opinion, that assumes that we have control over it, that we've perfected something. And if you've perfected something, there's never any room for growth. And we Mm. are by nature growth seeking beings. And so there should always be like a, a small percentage where we still have a little get bit of gap where we can still learn and still evolve. And, and so I, you know, so this idea of like mastering something to me is unrealistic because mm. you're never going to reach that. You're never going to reach the top or the, you're, you're never going to get to the, the peak of like, you know, mastering being on your own kind of a thing. Yeah. And also it's impossible because we're built for connection. We're built for unity. We're built to, um, like love and interact and socialize with people and, and be in a community. So 
True. So it feels very abnormal, doesn't it? Yeah. It feels like it's really, um, it goes against who we are intrinsically, intrinsically as human beings. Yeah. yeah. That's the first point. And then the second point is, is like, don't underestimate or don't, sorry, not underestimate, don't downplay how, how far you have come just because you aren't having that experience of like, I'm actually okay being by myself now. No, sorry, hang on. I'm, I, I'm not okay being by myself now. That doesn't have any reflection in how far you have come because let's say eight, six months ago, you're feeling like, great, I can be by myself. I can be alone. And then Elizabeth from three years ago couldn't do any of that, let alone what she's experiencing now. You yeah. know, if you were to put Elizabeth from two or three years ago into your body of Elizabeth six months ago, or even your body now who's still having this fear and anxiety, she'd probably be having a party in terms of like the lightness of being able to do what you're doing and do it well. Um, what it's, what it's showing to me is that when old beliefs and stuff come up, it's not necessarily this exact same belief popping up that you haven't healed Mm -hmm. it's just Mm -hmm. like a new flavor of the same deep-seated um sort of hurt or subconscious you know belief the the deep deep conditioning that we have it's just a new flavor of it coming up you know if it wasn't for this pandemic would you be feeling like this probably not so this pandemic has given you the opportunity to just see another little piece of it that um, you can give love to, and you can put it, put your attention on, and that you can you can help to you know release and let go. And then you, you, we spoke as well at the beginning before. We should have really just never talked before we start recording. But. I know, but then there's a lot of things we said that aren't true. <laughs> um, but you were talking about you're having difficulty sleeping at the moment. Um, and just feeling like really wired and you're asking me if that was stress releasing. And then I sort of commented on when you're having these old beliefs come up because of something, you know, that's happening in the collective at the moment. Um, and then it's rearranging your sort of ideas and concepts about what you have about yourself and it's rearranging your physiology and it's doing all of these things. And then that can cause a little bit of stress release in the body, which is, it happens during sleep and meditation. Um, and so, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> Thank you so much for that little counseling session. <laughs> I think that's a really the end. <laughs> the end. Bye, Monique Barry, the end. I feel like that's a really good segue, though, into how this will is helping all of us. You know, the story you would just, you, you mm. used me as that example there, but I'm sure that so many people listening would resonate with that in their own lives too. So, you know, how we can use what's going on to reset our lives in the best way possible by giving us the opportunity to re- rebuild this more conscious future, not only for ourselves, but also collectively as well. Yeah. What have you seen in terms of the silver linings in your life and I guess more broadly as well? Um, what have I seen? I've se- I have seen, one thing I have seen is a lot of spiritual bypassing um, and that's just people kind of trying to ignore the fact and remain ignorant to the fact that there is a crisis going on. Now we want to be aware of it, but we just don't want to put a lot of attention on it and mm. feed, feed that energy. So I'm seeing a lot of people like really committing to their spiritual growth and really, really looking internally. I'm seeing a lot of people see this as an opportunity to um, 
it's funny. I was like talking to my, my meditation teachers and group med last night. Um, and they were saying, so you tried to make me come that I tried- <laughs> and you're angry at me. <laughs> like, fuck sakes, just go to group med. Come on, what are you doing? You're not what doing, you doing But, um, they really talked about, oh my God, now I've lost my train of thought again. Oh, I'm sorry. Fucking bitch. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm what sorry. Was I saying? Really good. Um, the silver linings, what people are finding, um, becoming. Oh, damn it! God. Okay, anyway, who cares? Obviously, nature doesn't want me to talk about that. Anymore. <laughs> or obviously, I should just shut the. Oh up. no, I remembered it. Okay, okay, remember. great. We're back. We're back. We're back. People's nervous systems are generally highly strong because there's a lot of activity, a lot of busyness, a lot of go, go, go. There's not a lot of time for rest. Like I have never heard so many people say, I just slept in this morning and I've been getting mm. such great sleeps. And um, there, it's like a, well, in New Zealand anyway, it's like a four week de-excitation of your nervous system. So that's yeah, wow. something that I'm really seeing is that this rest a lot of people are feeling really tired at the moment and that's because they have the spaciousness available to them to, to take the rest and just move a bit slower. Yeah, um, and that permission to go inward mm-hmm. and to be okay with that. And that's what I loved about my t- time in real lockdown Yeah, is being let off the hook from having to do things, yeah. having to go somewhere, having to be busy because I literally wasn't even allowed to I do know. it. You know, but I, I mean, we don't need a pandemic to tell us to slow the fuck down. Like, is this what... Is this what the, it takes for us to actually like evaluate our lives and get rid of things that are irrelevant, stop fucking overbooking our social calendars and just take a break and just give ourselves permission? Do we need a crisis, a global crisis for us to be forced inward? I don't think so. So I think this is an opportunity for us to actually look at the parts of our life that we are relieved are not happening at the moment and maybe start to think about how we can make some make those adjustments a little more permanent you know are we are, are we going to allow ourselves to have a tech free day once a week without it needing to be another thing on the fucking to-do list are we going to maybe drop some activities with our kids so that we can just like let them spend time at home and occupy yeah. themselves and Mm. do arts and crafts and draw freaking chalk all over the pavement and whatever it is that I've never seen so much creativity from mums, mums who even say they're not creative, just doing the most coolest things with their kids and sharing that and loving, loving that. Anyway, so. Yeah, no, I love that. And that, and I guess what I really hope this brings about is collectively creating, you know, the parents or people that will be parents uh, instilling a sense of gratitude within us that we didn't, a lot of us wouldn't have had before for our lives, mm. which would then trickle down to our children who are raised up, who will be raised yeah. in this sense, in this cocoon of gratitude, I suppose, that we wouldn't, they wouldn't have known otherwise. And I can't help but think that's only going to be so incredibly beneficial beneficial Mm. for not only their future but all of our futures to raise more conscious grateful appreciative beings for what we do have as well and I hope that's something that I really am hopeful for yeah even for things like teachers and seeing you know people having to homeschool their kids and actually seeing what teachers have to do and probably seeing how much their kids eat like mine I'm like how the hell do you eat so freaking much yeah (laughs) and uh you know um gratitude for essential services and gratitude for people who work at supermarkets and, and dairies and 7-Elevens and people who 
um, and making themselves career workers, you know, people are making themselves available so that we can still receive essential services that normally would probably get overlooked is just for me, I'm like, oh, thank God the male lady's still coming and can still deliver some groceries to me and just things like that, you know, it's just... I felt incredibly grateful to Ollie's daycare teachers too. His daycare's still up and running. And when I went there last week, um, I just I just looked at them in this whole new way that I thought like they're just turning up and giving them giving their all on these days where it is scary, it is uncertain, but they know how essential they are as mm-hmm. well for a lot of people to continue working and they're there and they're showing up and they're doing the most amazing job and they're happy to be there and they're doing, you know, they're, they're giving our children the best days possible. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's right. It's all little things that perhaps... Yeah. little things you normally overlook. Yeah. And even like going to a restaurant with a friend, going to a cafe, like that doesn't happen. That isn't happening right now. That doesn't and happen in much- my life anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big part of mine. And now I'm like, I guess it's not even an option to go and meet a friend and have some brekkie. Like, it's have so funny because I was like, I was talking to people about, I, I was like, we don't have a coffee shop up here, but we have a samurai sword shop. <laughs> what is that? It's a shop that sells samurai swords. Oh, I thought it was like a chain of like something else. You don't have a samurai sword. We have a fucking samurai sword shop. It's like it's like half an hour, twenty minutes away from. I thought you meant that was like a name of a chain of like. No, it's they sell samurai swords, and I only thought of it because I was really putting my shoes like I was really walking the shoes of Walking Dead, and I was thinking, okay, if this really does go to hell and we turn into zombies, then where's where's my closest arsenal where's my closest samurai samurai sword and we shop? actually have a samurai sword shop here. oh thank god it's just down the road okay, i know good, anyway so i was like we don't have a coffee shop but we've got a samurai sword shop that is like, so, so lucky i'm so happy random. to do that for you <laughs> i think what's interesting to note in all this though is and i'd love to hear your thoughts is relieving the pressure also on ourselves to use this as the ultimate time of self-optimization which is important it is. but also then that <clears> manifests another form of pressure of how dare you take that rest when you should be learning a language and you should be. I know. Oh my gosh. Good point. Yeah. yeah Thank yeah. you so much. Very good point. <laughs> what do you think in terms, you know, as we've said, it is an incredible time to be enriching and nourishing ourselves, but when does that fall into the category of just being in the same cycles that we were before, just in new clothes. Well, exactly what you just said, you know, it's just, um, we're just replacing one to do with another to do. And it just means that we're super uncomfortable with our own company. And, um, you know, I love hanging out with myself. I don't feel like I need to go and learn a new language or, although I did buy a guitar, so I'm still sitting there. It looks great. It's quite cool in my room. <laughs> But that was pre-pandemic. But anyway, um, but I just think it's just another thing. You just got to ask yourself, is this something I've genuinely wanted to do for a long, long time? And now I have the spaciousness and opportunity to do it. Self-inquiry, that's all we've got to really look at. Mm. Or is this something that I'm just doing because of this? And when the pandemic's over, I'm not going to give a fuck and I'm going to let it go and not continue it. So, Mm. I mean, I would probably favor more do what you're already doing try not to add anything new, try to refine what you're already doing, maybe find different ways to do what you're doing and just allow yourself to just rest and enjoy this time with your families and take some time to work on your business and do a little bit of, you know, I've had a lot of people asking me, what are you doing differently spiritually during this time? And I'm like, yeah, I asked you. you 
Yeah, well, you're not the only people, one. Stupid, stupid asses. people ask me. <laughs> Absolutely. But I've had it so kicks. much. And I'm like, nothing. I'm doing exactly the same thing that I was doing before. I'm I'm still meditating twice a day. I'm not doing daily cacao ceremonies and daily card reading. <laughs> I think that's and, what I pictured that you were doing, to be honest. Um, I'm just doing the same thing that I was doing before and then just allowing myself a little bit more rest and a little bit more play than with Bowden. Um, so, yeah, but I saw, I, there's one more thing that I've really noticed. What the heck was it? I'm it's terrible. Yeah, I'm sure it <laughs> would have been. It's so live. I feel really forgetful today. I feel like my... The fact I feel quite anxious is having a part to do with that because it kind of clouds that, you know, memory. It blocks you. Yeah, block. It's so blocking. It's yeah. so right. I love all those silver linings that we can find, but also taking it easy with ourselves and giving ourselves permission to chill the F out on the couch and watch Netflix and watch a new series, uh-huh. read a book. Um, and I guess give ourselves the space, as you said, to do the things we were already doing anyway. But maybe, you know, you always think, oh, I don't have time for this meditation in the morning. I'm just going to do a really quick one. Well, mm-hmm. you know, that's probably a way that it can be like, no, I actually have the time to do the full thing and then pick up my journal and journal. But we always um, have the time. That's This is the thing that we need to restructure and our minds is that we always had the time before and now it's just how we were prior to prioritizing our time mm. like before COVID post COVID that is the difference it's just our mindset and how we're looking at it but we always had we've always had 24 hours in a day same amount of hours every single time it's just like what we're doing with it how we're valuing our time how we're prioritizing our time oh another thing I've noticed is like um, people's relationship with social media and the way people are actually interacting with each other mm, is mm. so beautiful at the moment. I've seen, I mean, people having group face chats with their entire families that live yes. like all across the globe. And and never do that otherwise. No, like, so, and, I, yeah. People sharing like really valuable content on social media and it's just showing not like influences are irrelevant. I'm not saying that, but just that there needs to be a little bit more relevancy, a little bit more value, a little bit more mm. heart, a little bit more soul centric. And it's just a little less ego centric. And I am just loving it. It's like, it's like we've never collectively experienced something. No one's immune. Like nobody, this, this, the virus is, you know, non-indiscriminate. It's, it doesn't matter if you're rich, if you're poor, what color you are, what sex you are, what, you know, it doesn't matter where in the world you live. And I think it's created a sense of unity amongst people. And yeah, I just, I'm, I'm loving this. I just, I quite like this. This pivot as well, Mm. like people using their businesses to pivot and be really innovative Mm. and yeah pivot in these times that what okay what do people actually need yeah what do people need in this time there's this awesome restaurant in melbourne actually and um it's so cool every couple of months um it's a new cuisine Mm. and that's obviously been you know it's closed because of what's going on but instead the chef has taken it upon himself to box each week a new cuisine and you can get like three different um, meals with all the ingredients to make and you explore that country and cuisine for that week cool. altogether. And he's doing all these lives and all these videos to show people how to cook and to go into, you know, 
bit about the food and the history and, and the ingredients. And that I think epitomizes what we're saying. What an incredible way to pivot and to also bring people along on that journey yeah. too. But they already, people, people need to realize that we all have knowledge to share and give. We all have experiences that can help other people in some way, shape or form. But when we allow like fear and we, you know, shame and like, oh, I can't, I don't want to talk about that. When you just get the fuck out of your own way and show up, people mm. respond to that. I've had so many of my clients saying, you know, oh, this is the kick in the butt that I needed to, you know, get out there and do this thing and do that thing and, and offering equal free and paid offerings. And I'm like, you, you should all be doing that anyway, motherfuckers. <laughs> Did I teach you nothing? <laughs> You're like, great, dropped as my client. Um, I think, and some I as well is about how all these different worlds are pivoting, yeah. and about how the dating world has to pivot. Oh well. yeah, we're single ladies. Yeah, is that I went on my first virtual date last night over FaceTime. I know. And I was initially like a few days ago, I was like, that sounds like my worst effing nightmare to speak to someone I don't know on FaceTime. I, I literally said, that. <laughs> I'm never doing that. That is not happening. This is just, I never no, I'm not going to meet anyone through this time. That's time just given. Exactly. And then I started speaking to someone on one of the apps on Hinge and like, we got on well. And then he proposed it. And I was like, well, I can't use the excuse that I'm busy because clearly I'm not. <laughs> and then I was just like, let's embrace it. If worst comes to worst, this is great content for the podcast. Um, and it oh, was my actually- mum's calling through. I've got to go. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, we'll just see what happens. It actually went well. And we're chatting again tonight. And it was How only did you awkward. Start the conversation. Oh, it was only awkward for the, the first 30 seconds. Well, for me, because I'm. I feel like people think I'm extroverted, but I'm actually very, very shy. So I put on this mask of being very extroverted. Are you really? Yeah. Like I am extroverted, <laughs> but you know, initially I can be quite shy and awkward. So I have to kind of put this front up, I think, to kind of get past that. And then once I'm past that, I'm fine. And I'm just my normal, hilarious, brilliant, funny self. I mean, whoops. Um, <laughs> I'm joking, guys. So yeah, so it was only awkward and then it was fine. And then we just chatted for like 45 minutes nonstop. This is gonna and now we're having another date tonight. So, um, all the way on the third date. <laughs> uh, who knows? It's gonna get it's gonna get wild. But anyway, I'm just giving a little bit of hope by sharing my story that you know not all is lost. We all have the capacity to pivot. And if you know worst comes to worst and it's an absolute disaster, there's a red button that you can just hang up. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than meeting up, it was weird putting on like just putting on a little bit of makeup and like just straightening my hair, which I haven't done in ages. I feel like just you don't to put then make out when we talk. How come? Um, because you already love me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but just to you know get ready, and it felt really weird then just to go up and sit on the couch. I'm like this is so strange. I'm like, do I put perfume on? I'm like, actually no, because no one can smell me. But <laughs> anyway, so hope is not lost for single people out there. Oh, no. yeah. This like, is the world we're it. living in. We're having virtual dates. Virtual so dates. It's all, it's very virtual black Virtual coffee catch-ups. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, don't say that because that, that program terrifies me. Yeah, same. And when I, I draw too many parallels between what's happening now and Black Mirror, I freak out. So let's not yeah, go there. Let's not go down the Black Mirror path. I do want to get into as well with you um, tips to be keeping grounded and focused and taking care of ourselves through mm-hmm. here. 
what I would think, you what would you honestly, suggest for people? The basics, just the basics. I would say um, meditation. <laughs> that's it bye bye that's it (laughs) um no meditation so I would say the basics stick to the basics so I would say daily meditation whatever your meditation practices this is a great time to really like reinvigorate your relationship with it if it's been kind of off and on a little bit and um really sort of you know, thing that get a little bit more disciplined and discipline is not a yuck word. And even though it can be, it's not rigid. It's just, it's just a very, it's a very thing you can do for yourself that, that shows love and self care. So, um, meditation, I would say getting outside and mm-hmm. getting fresh air in nature, if it's safe to do so, I'm, um, you know, I have a huge section uh, if you follow my Instagram stories, you'll see that I literally have like no neighbors behind beautiful. me for kilometers. Mm, so beautiful. Yeah. So just trying to get out in nature and go for a walk if you can, or even if it's just a walk around your home um, or even just sitting on your balcony or your deck or whatever you have available to you. Um, like a nice yoga, even a stretch if you don't want to do yeah. full on yoga or yeah. backyard workout can be good too. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's tons of tons of amazing like online content at the moment i'm able to do like yoga classes for people who i love friends that are all over the world um so movement as well daily mm. just because you know you want to be sitting around and feeling really stagnant you want to keep your energy nice and flowing mm. um and then i would just say splitting the mixture up for the rest of your day a little bit of family time a little bit of alone time and a little bit of work time whatever that looks like for you yeah, that's yeah. I love that. The nature is is really, if, as yeah. you said, if you can just be getting out and getting a little bit of fresh air. Yeah, and even I, if that means sitting on your balcony or in your backyard, awesome. Yeah. Just I do just it. think now is the time to just keep things really, really simple because of the stress and anxiety and stuff that people are experiencing in the collective, and just to get back to basics and do what's essential and do what's just enough, not too much, not too little. You know, too much, and then you're you're moving into that um, busyness, overworked. Yeah, yeah. overworked kind of thing, and then too little, and you're sort of moving into that. And it can get a bit sluggish. Yeah, I know with me, if I've just sat on the couch all day, and sometimes yeah. I've used those days, and then I actually feel worse in the yeah. end. It's thinking, oh, this is exactly what I want to do, and it's actually a little bit too much in that direction, yeah. and, and you feel at the end of the day, your mental health doesn't feel as good yeah <laughs> I and know, then you feel a bit sluggish you do and then maintaining good bedtime hygiene you know not letting that slip like I did which is just that's just like the worst thing I could have naughtiest thing I've been doing lately it's just like watching tv till like fucking all hours of the morning oh my and gosh not being <laughs> much phone time such a as badass. Well. yeah I and then also that- tech free making sure mm. that you have tech free moments so I am just checking my phone as I normally would you know like three or four times a day obviously you know bam because you'll be like answer me yeah I'm like where the f are you (laughs) um I need to get better at that I feel very it's a source of connection for me yeah um and I like it so I will allow mm. myself pockets of it but most of the time I just kind of leave it in my office in the drawer and then I'll go in and if it's you know Bowden's having some quiet play or it's just um just before yeah. when he's gone to bed or something like that, I'll grab it out and, and intentionally use it for like an hour, an hour and a half. Or I'll prearrange coffee dates rather than on the fly coffee yeah. dates. Let's catch up at 10 a.m. tomorrow. So then it's really, um, you know, thought into my day kind of a thing. Yeah, that's good. That's something mm. I need to do. I feel like this is a good segue as well into 
meditation in general. I would love you to tell me about your experience with meditation. What, what's it been like for you? It depends when you ask me. So I started meditating because, did we talk about sleep deprivation here or before we started recording? Before. Oh, okay. Anyway, so I started meditating because I was sleep deprived and I was all by myself with a newborn and I was like, I have to do something because I, I was literally going crazy. I was having panic attacks and I was going to, I was seeing counselors and therapists and stuff like that because I was just so emotional and just so hectic and just so depressed and just so everything, like just everything was just really overwhelming for me. So I started meditating just using a, an app, Headspace or something like that. And it was fucking painful. Like it killed me. My brain couldn't switch off. I was beating myself up. It was just another thing I was failing at. I just, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have any friends that meditated. It was just all a painful experience, but I'm quite a determined person. So I fucking stuck at it. I stuck yeah. at it for a year before I was like, fuck this shit. And I, um, I just Googled, you know, um, Vedic meditation, which is something I'd heard on a couple of podcasts, Vedic meditation, New Zealand. And I thought I'm getting myself a teacher and I want to learn how to meditate properly, whatever that means. And then I found my teacher who is the most divine human. And I'm just so grateful for her in my life because she has just offered so much support and knowledge. And she taught me to meditate. And I, so I practice Vedic meditation. I've been a Vedic meditator for nearly three years now. And I'm very um, good with my practice. I practice twice a day. I probably didn't start off like that. I think I was once a day, but I'm kind of a, I'm a bit of a do-gooder. So if someone tells me to do something, I do it. And then that's it. That's me for the rest of my life. What were you seeking? You know, was there something in particular that you were seeking? Yes. I wanted a little bit of quiet in my head. Mm. I just wanted to, and I was very, very indecisive, like debilitatingly indecisive. And I would to and fro, back and forth between two options, whatever it was. Should I have this or this for lunch? Should I go here or there? Should I move? Like, just, and is that just a sign that your mind isn't clear? It's a like, sign of stress, just old yeah, okay. stress. I'm not able to clear my mind because I, my body has expending so much energy processing the stress that is stored up inside of me. And I just, I couldn't think clearly. And I was just like, I would just love to fucking make one decision. So my life was just kind of a little bit stagnant and I was just frozen, paralyzed. Um, and that's all I wanted to feel. I was like, I just want to make a decision confidently. And I just want my brain. I just want a little bit of silence. That's it. There's so many people that say, I will never meditate because I can't switch off my brain. I'm that was not me. that kind of person. Mm -hmm. You know, I've heard that. I'm not that kind of person. I'm better at doing and moving and sitting still isn't for me. What would you yeah. say to someone like that? Well, firstly, that was me. I'm very type A personality. I'm very like always needing to be doing something busy, I guess you would call it, but I never felt busy. It just, I just like to do things. But anyway, that was me. I literally never thought, and it, I could switch off my brain. But what we have to understand is that we've become over-identified with this idea that busyness um, adds value to our life or makes us feel like we are, like we've over-identified with that in terms of like our self-worth. If I'm busy, then I'm a good worker or a good mom or a good friend or a good whatever. Um, and so we've almost created this excuse where we self-sabotage anything that might 
cause any sort of disharmony to that belief system that we've set up for ourselves, right? So if we start meditating, then we might switch off that, um, that stress in our body, which is how we, you know, I work better when I'm under pressure. So then we might become a shit worker or we might not want to, we might be, you know, too spiritual and never get anything done. So we self-sabotage ourselves by saying, oh, that's just not for me. But the most high performing people in the world yeah. all say that they meditate. And for me, all C- top CEOs, people top like Richard CEOs, Branson, yeah, Oprah top, Winfrey top is a high flying yeah. people all having common meditate. meditate. And yeah. we, yeah. And so for me, I was afraid of those things, but actually meditation, Vedic meditation specifically has made me so much more creative have so much more time in my day to do things, so much more calmness, so much more, just everything that I wanted and never thought was possible is slowly coming. I mean, I've still got a lot of growth and stuff that needs to happen, but from where I am now to where I was, I almost felt unrecognizable in a good way, in a way that I love. And yeah. then people and say, it's you know, from close, it's from closing your eyes twice a day. It's you just know? closing not, your eyes You're not spending money. You're not having to go and do things. It's yeah. just sitting. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, it's okay. <laughs> and like, just to follow on what you're saying just then, is that the beauty of Vedic meditation is you're given a mantra. So it's, it's a mantra that you repeat in your mind. So it helps you. And then you just kind of forget it. It's, it's forgettable, your mantra. And then you slip into transcendence and then you have some thoughts and you're like, oh shit, I should be thinking my mantra. And then it starts all over again. So it's not like you're in silence trying to force your mind to be quiet um, because our mind's not designed to be naturally quiet. If you're trying to go from super busy to super silence, it's just impossible. You've got to kind of rewire your brain a little bit. And Vedic meditation is kind of like the vehicle that helps you to get there. But people like what? say, I hear people say a lot, you know, exercise is my meditation and, mm, you know, yep. whatever. And I can understand their dis- their definition of meditation is that it occupies their brain. Their brain's not doing something, but it's it's not meditation because meditation switches off the adrenal system and creates the bliss chemicals, dopamine and endorphins and stuff like that. Whereas exercise turns on the adrenal system yeah. and creates those bliss. So it's different different processes are going on in the body. And you can have a bit of both. And I don't think it has to be one or the other. Like you can. Well, it should be both. You definitely should. Yeah, because absolutely. Meditation is mind that prints out into the body and then movement is about body. So I think the big thing is, yeah, and you did point out and it's been for me since I've been practicing it is sometimes it's awful. Like, you know, the one I did before, I opened up my eyes a million times. I spoke to the dog, like, or when when my sons around it's like I, I'm sometimes it rams a truck into my head like uh-huh. sometimes you it's, you're just counting down and I'm just like when is this over I'm yep. so over this and then other times I <laughs> in my car I was obviously parked when I got to work I got to work early so I <laughs> I I to work yeah and then when I got there I did it and I did slipped into this incredible state and I actually I remember told you this I left I was so blissed out when I finished I left my key in the car 
and went up, went up and worked. Okay? <laughs> and someone said to me at 5.30, Elizabeth, is this your car? Your lights are on and your key is in the ignition. And I was like, oh my God, it was because of meditation. So that is not a great story in that sense. That, but but I'm what it does in my life, but is it, just, it highlights the out-of-body experience mm-hmm. that you can have and it highlights that we are more than just like this physical experience. We're just having these, you know, I just love, I, I know exactly the feeling. You're like, oh, everything is It's good. like you're stoned. <laughs> yeah, it's like a stoned, yo- yeah. you know, yogi's kind of stoned. So if people want to, you know, if this ignites some interest in people listening, what should they do? Uh, well, you can Google Vedic meditation and um and then find a teacher. I would be, you know, your teacher is someone that really guides you and mentors you in your meditation journey. So try and find someone that you really resonate with their website. But my teacher, Lauren, has a great um, has a great page where she has a whole bunch of teachers that she really recommends. And you can find that at laurengodfrey.com and just go to the I resources can put that page. In the show notes. Yeah. yeah. And I'll she recommends Vedic meditations teachers all around the world in New York and um, Australia and well, she's the one in New Zealand, but, oh, I mean, there's others in New Zealand, but she's mine and she's the best. <laughs> love, love that. Thank you. Thank you. I, I sometimes to me it's like my practice, but when I hear you talking about it again, it always reignites that passion in me. So I hope people got out of it and what a brilliant time without the pressure of having to self-optimize. But if this is something you've been thinking about, what a brilliant time to just at least engage um, thinking about it and taking that next step perhaps. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, actually Vedic meditation at the moment is on a hiatus because it has oh. to be taught in person to honor the, cause it's a very traditional practice. Mm. And so it must be taught in person. Well, ideally if someone's teaching it to you online, then I wouldn't, they're not honoring what, you know, the, the roots, the of roots of yeah. the tradition and the, the purity of the, um, of the practice. And so it's on a little bit of a highest at the moment because it is taught in person. There's a beautiful ceremony that starts at the beginning and then you're giving your mantra and you start meditating straight away. But well, once then probably over, you could, yeah, once you've all, then there's so many medi- uh, mindfulness apps that you could there check out is in the meantime as well, YouTube. just to kind of ease yourself into it, which might be a good yes. thing to do anyway. Yeah. I reckon we're, Done. I reckon okay, we're at the end. I'm at one percent, so I'm about to switch off any moment. <laughs> Thank you for being an absolute pleasure Thank and joy on the juice with Monty Barry. Um, everyone froths over you. Froths. Yeah, it's such an Aussie term. So Aussie. Um, thank you so much. <laughs> thank once you. Again. Always and love chatting with you, my girl. Love it. We'll chat very soon. I'm okay. sure I'll be hitting up your phone in no time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Juice with Monique Barry. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll pop everything we discussed in the show notes. If you have a moment and you wouldn't mind, taking a screenshot of this chat and putting it on your social media that'll help other people know that it exists and also if you've got a second if you can hit subscribe leave a review and hit five stars i would be most appreciative as that helps boost the podcast in the rankings and therefore might mean that people will find lemonade who perhaps really need to hear these conversations i hope you're all staying safe in these crazy insane times if you'd like to chat, you can find me at Elizabeth O'Neill. You can find Moni at Monique Barry underscore. Thank you so much once again. And I'll be back on Thursday with a midweek squeeze. Bye, guys.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.